0: Hi, I'm Adam Sanford, I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is
1: Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap.
0: Welcome back to Learning Made Easier, This is episode 82, students being shut out of group conversations and creating a respectful classroom environment. So what happens if you've assigned a group project and one of the students is being ignored or shut out by their group? For weeks, no one's reported a problem, but at some point in the middle or late in the term, of course, as the deadline approaches, you start getting bombarded by questions and complaints, and of course, denials about their peers in the group. What do we do in order to avoid group work hell?
1: On previous episodes, Adam and I discussed creating different rotating roles for study groups and having different people do different tasks, all with the goal of helping the group remain productive. If students are working collaboratively on a group project, then offering a way for the group to delegate tasks might help, things like who looks up which article, who writes up the summary for the group, who presents the project to the class. This can help keep people on task. Figure out whose strengths and preferences can help the project move forward and create something that everyone in the group is proud of, something that really puts that shine and showcases everyone's efforts. Remind everyone that their goal is to work together, and part of that is individual accountability to the group. In order to have that, assign part of the overall project grade to be based on how group members evaluate each other's contributions.
0: Now, the way I've done this in the past when I've had group projects, I divide the grade in half. 50% of it is the group work, and 50% is each individual's work. I find that first of all, this helps cut down on the students who say, but then my grade depends on my group members. Okay, well, we'll make it so that it's not entirely your group members. Your effort can change your grade. And then I assign group projects so that there are three main parts of it. There's presentation. So the person who's actually talking about what they did, there's doing the research And that's finding all of the sources and kind of summarizing it and, you know, making sure that everybody knows what they're talking about and then materials, which includes things like a PowerPoint or any handouts that they might have. And I tell them each person in the group works on one and only one of those three things. This allows the students in the group to also kind of play to their strengths. Like if they're a student who knows that they're good at creating a PowerPoint, but they really, 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 really don't want to be the one to talk, then they get materials and if the student knows that they're really good at talking but they're not so good at digging through the library and finding sources then they get presentation so then when the presentation week starts the group submits a form to me right before they stand up and present and it tells me joe's job was presentation david's job was research and clara's job was materials for example and i then grade each individual student on their individual contribution on a scale of one to five which means you know, that that's their 50%, five is 50% of the grade. And after that, I average the individual scores and that's the group score. So a particular student's grade is going to be their individual score plus their group average score. Now, if a student didn't contribute anything, their zero individual grade is not averaged into the group score, but their entire score is just the group score. And so if Joe got a four out of five on presentation and David got a 3 out of 5 on research, and Clara got a 2 out of 5 on materials, then their group score will be 9 divided by 3 people. So 4 plus 3 plus 2, that's 9. Divide that by 3 people, you get a 3. And then you add the group score to the individual score for their final total. So Joe would get 4 plus 3, or 7 out of 10. David would get 3 plus 3, or 6 out of 10. And Clara would get 2 plus 3, or 5 out of 10. And Let's say that their other group member, Larry, was supposed to do part of the materials, but he didn't show up. Then his total score for the project is 3 out of 10. He only gets the group grade.
1: We realize that in a group project, there are going to be disagreements among group members. What do we want to study? How do we want to study it? This disagreement in and of itself is not a bad thing. This is part of the creative process that researchers use, figure out what's interesting and how to get at it in the most interesting or the most efficient way. But the problem is when disagreements become personal and destructive instead of ways of moving a project forward. When disagreements become insults, that's a sign to pause, take a break and come back ready to work together. That work can be to resolve the difference amicably. It can be working on something different on the project. Either way, your goal is to keep moving forward with the project. But if this disagreement is so severe and feelings are so hurt, one option is to create a similar individual project. So in my intro class, I have my students do surveys or field notes and do a scaled down version of the group project. It's not an ideal solution, but it is a solution around this problem. It's a way of neutralizing a tense situation by giving people an out of sorts.
0: Now, another option, which I've already alluded to talking about how I do group project grading, is to assign each person a task or a role inside the group. So we've talked about study groups and rotating roles. Someone takes notes and someone keeps everyone on task and one or two people do more of the research during the meeting. And you can develop that in a group project too. For example, who does research, who presents the research, who does the write-up, and when the group meets who's going to keep everybody on task. And we're not saying there should never be chit chat. just make sure that meetings get done and get the work done in them. And having these roles can help students play to their strengths inside the group again. And that can help create a better project.
1: Now, this happened to me a few years ago. I was teaching a research methods course and I had my students do a group research project. I mentioned earlier that my intro students do surveys, and this research class could either do surveys or do mini ethnographies field notes at, again together as a group it's a 10 week term and i think it was week 7 maybe week 8 a student emails me needs to meet with me and i met with them they were they were shaking they were visibly upset and i asked what's going on they told me my group is freezing me out of the group chat with our project what do i do They were freaking out about their grade. I asked the person if there was anyone in the group I could talk to and all I was told was that the group was talking to one of the teaching assistants in the class. I talked to the teaching assistant and the word was the group was really upset with the student who met with me. And they were being shut out of the group conversation because they called the ideas from the group stupid. So I asked if there was any chance this was miscommunication. Something said maybe poking fun of an idea. Was it a creative difference? I was told no, they sincerely meant that they thought our ideas were stupid. We don't want to work with them because of this. So I relayed this information to the student and I left them with two options. One was to try and resolve their differences. And because it was week seven or week eight out of 10, you're only working with the same people for two or three more weeks and then you don't have to deal with them. Or you do an individual version of this. You start doing surveys or field notes on your own. And to their credit, the student who complained to me apologized to the group and to their credit, the group accepted them back and let them finish the project. I think again, this might've been because there were only two or three weeks left in the term but had there been discussions earlier in the term about not putting each other down, that may have nipped the problem in the bud. Or it would have offered more time for students to change groups if the, if the personality clashes were too much.
0: And I actually had this personality clash thing happen just a couple of weeks ago. In our new COVID reality, my class's study groups, they have to get together in Zoom or in Skype or some other video conferencing software. And one student in one of the study groups emailed me after two or three weeks worth of meetings to say their group was effectively shutting them out by not sending them the login links to the video conference room, which changed every week because a different person was hosting it every week. And a discussion with some of the other members of the group showed that they just felt the student wasn't willing to show up at the same times as they were. Uh, The reality was the student's work schedule and medical issues made it kind of problematic to show up at the time when most group members felt ready to show up. So I made a change to class policy, and I announced it on the LMS and through text to all the students. If a person has to be late to a group meeting, but they notified the group at least an hour before the meeting that they would be, then the group was still responsible for making sure that member had the login information. If that didn't happen, no one in the group would get credit for that meeting. And it might seem harsh. But it does create accountability for group members who might otherwise try to exclude someone for non-valid reasons because when it came down to it, the other group members were basically saying, oh, well, this person just doesn't care. They cared very much, but unfortunately, they were also having to go into to the doctor quite often for a medical problem that they didn't have a lot of control over, and frankly, the rest of the group needed to show more compassion than they were showing. So if you have to do it by creating accountability and saying either you will be compassionate and make sure that your group members can all be there or you just don't get credit, that goes a long way toward requiring students to think beyond their individual situation and consider we've got a group member with a disability or we've got a group member with work schedule that changes every week. We have to work around them. We can't expect them to work around us.
1: Of course, there's always the possibility that some students simply don't get along with others in a group, especially if it's randomly assigned. In this case, either have an out clause, where someone who is not getting along can drop from the group, or a vote clause, where the group members can vote on who stays in and who leaves. In both cases, have an option set up and available for a person who is now groupless so they can get credit for the project. So that's what we have for you in episode 82. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. Also, we would really appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple
0: Podcasts. And be sure to join us next week for episode 83 when Dinor and I will talk about how college teachers perceive students who have to work full-time.
1: You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap.
0: We wanna say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible.
1: If you wanna support us, please go to www.patreon.com learningmadeeasier.